Hello and welcome to That One Case, the podcast where lawyers share stories of the cases that influence their careers. My guest today is Jordan Couch. Jordan is a partner at Palace Law, where he's been a champion of workers' compensation since 2016. On today's show, Jordan tells us about a case that took him all the way to the Supreme Court to fight state legislature that denied his client access to vital treatment. Yeah, so this is actually one of the first cases I ever worked on. So when I got into workers' compensation, I was doing contract work with another firm. And the second assignment I got there was, hey, we lost this case and we want to take up this legal issue on a due process case. The short version is a client of ours had been denied a treatment that he needed. And it wasn't because they looked at his case and said, oh, he doesn't need this. We disagree on the medical. It was the Washington state legislature had passed a law that said this body of 11 unelected officials gets to determine which surgeries are considered experimental and can't be authorized. And this client was denied it based on that, right? For all Washington state health care, he had no right to say anything. His doctor's opinions didn't matter. His need for treatment didn't matter. This, these 11 officials had decided this surgery could not be authorized and therefore my client couldn't get it authorized. And what made it really unique was that he couldn't even take it to court and say, hey, let me plead my case as an exception. He had no right to appeal at all. And as I was looking at this, there was this interesting passage in the law where, you know, when they created this health technology clinical committee, this system to review these procedures, originally the legislature had written in an appeal process. And the governor in Washington, you're allowed to do a line item veto where you're allowed to veto part of the bill, but not all of it. And the governor had gone in and he'd vetoed that appeal process because he said that is duplicative of the other appeal processes available. Well, what happened was uh, I looked at this and I thought, okay, so why did he lose his right to appeal in the workers' compensation system if, you know, this, this other appellate process was duplicative? And it says in the statute, you know, this does not diminish your rights to appeal. And I thought this doesn't make any sense. And I went to the attorney I was doing contract work for and I said, hey, we should be arguing this. And he says, oh, yeah, the Court of Appeals already ruled on that. They said that the interpretation of the statute is that there is no right to appeal. The governor's words here were meaningless. Therefore, and it, they appealed to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court denied certification on that. So don't worry about that argument. We've already lost. It's done. It's over. So I focused on a due process argument, uh, basically saying, hey, if you take away all right to appeal, there is no due process in this case. And, you know, that attorney, I wrote the briefing on this, worked with the attorney on it. He took it to the court and lost. And shortly thereafter, I got this job at Palace Law where I am now. And I walk in my first day and the owner of the firm says to me, hey, I've got this interesting case I want to look at. We've got this surgery that was denied by my client or for my client without any looking at his case uh, based on this health technology clinical committee decision. And I think there might be a due process case there. <laughs> and I said, well, Patrick. I have good news and bad news. And I said, I've already written a brief on this and I've argued this and I have most of the work done. And he says, well, that's great news. And I said, here's the problem. I lost. <laughs> and so I did it again. We tried again. Uh, this was the first case I worked at in this new firm where I put together the briefing. I you know, took what I'd learned from the last time when we lost and tried to adjust it, tried to make different arguments. And I threw in the statutory interpretation argument that the Court of Appeals had already ruled on, right? Because I thought, well, this is just, this is terrible. You know, I had my statutory interpretation professor from law school. I had her words running through my head of like, this doesn't make any sense to me. The governor said it's duplicative. How is it duplicative if he took away both rights? That doesn't make any sense. What does the word duplicative mean here, right? So I wrote that argument in just kind of in passing because I didn't, I didn't think it was going to go anywhere, but I believed in it. 
and we took it to Superior Court again on this new client of mine in this new firm. And, you know, I got up and I made my arguments. We threw in an equal protection argument as well, just saying like, hey, this is less than the rights that he would have if he was out of the workers' compensation system. This is wrong. Uh, I focused on the due process argument again, right? My point to the Superior Court judge was he has no right to appeal anymore. How is there due process in this? And the state's argument was basically, hey, this is a state right. The state can give it and take it away as much as they want to under whatever rules they want to. He doesn't have any right to appeal, and that's okay. Uh, what was really funny, though, is as I'm you know, making this argument to the Superior Court judge, I'm going through this as you know, my first oral argument in front of a Superior Court judge since I've become licensed as an attorney, and I'm definitely my voice is cracking a bit. And I start talking to this statutory interpretation argument, and I get about two sentences in, and the judge says, Mr. Couch, are you asking me to overturn the Court of Appeals? And I said, yes, Your Honor, and I'll move on now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was losing on that one. Uh, right. Not only did I lose on that one, I lost on the entire case, right? He denied it. He didn't believe it by our due process argument at all. Uh, so we hired on and met with a, an appellate attorney who just does appeals, but a man by the name of Phil Burei, who's a phenomenal attorney. And he came in and he looked over the case with us and he says, yeah, I'll do this on a contingency basis and take a look at this case because uh, due process was something he was passionate about. And we're going through this case and he pulls me aside after we've been working on it for a week and, about a week and he says, here's the deal, Jordan. You did a really good job on this. I'm going to be changing a few things up, though. I don't want you to take it to heart when I do. And I said, Phil, I've lost this case twice already. Change everything because what I'm saying is not working. <laughs> Clearly, something's wrong with my argument. Uh, and we took it up to the Court of Appeals uh, here in, in Washington, and I was, you know, we pushed the due process argument pretty heavily. We'd kept the statutory interpretation argument in there, but like it was two sentences, right? It wasn't like, and we pushed the due process pretty heavily and made the argument that like, look, you can't take away every right to appeal and then suddenly have, you know, it, due process somehow fulfilled by the fact that he could go through a system and they kept saying well his you know rights to appeal haven't been diminished he can appeal it's just he can't be given the surgery even if he like that is, even if i win the appeal that doesn't make any sense right you, you have no right here if you can't take this issue to court you have no individual right and they said well you know he could have contested this earlier when the htcc made this decision it was open and public when they made the decision it was like the guy wasn't even injured then why would he have been arguing to the htcc right. that hey this surgery should be authorized <laughs> that i've never heard of right it was femoroacetabular impingement syndrome and it was an orthoscopic surgery this like this you know laborer did not know what this was let alone that he was later going to need this surgery and, you know, what made this case really interesting is our client, when it was able to get the surgery on his own private insurance, he had the surgery. It was effective. So at the time we're arguing, you know, that this is a dangerous surgery that can't be authorized. He's already had it and he's better. It worked. And, you know, this is kind of something we brought up in the Court of Appeals. And I remember, you know, I was, I was sitting next to him at the Court of Appeals uh, at one point in time when uh, the attorney made some statement that, you know, it was... Uh, that it was a dangerous surgery, I heard him like kind of scoff a little bit and had to kick him under the table, like, stop, stop. <laughs> Thankfully, we were sitting towards the back of the room at that point in time. Uh, Court of Appeals quickly and efficiently rules against us, just not even a wink at it, right? Um, and so we filed an appeal to the Supreme Court here in Washington. And, you know, of course, the statutory interpretation is dead. The Supreme Court already denied review of that issue in the previous case. Um, but they did grant us review on the due process issue. They thought there was something really there. And so we picked it up and we were excited and we ran with it. Uh, and we wrote our brief on the due process issue. Uh, and we got some good amicus briefs from the Willig, which is the organization of workers' comp attorneys 
nationally. Uh, and then the Washington State Association for Justice here in Washington wrote an amicus brief as well. And they kind of, you know, mentioned the statutory weird stuff in their amicus briefs. And so we argued due process, though, and focused on that and got to the Supreme Court hearing. And about halfway through the hearing, you know, as we're talking about these due process issues, one of the justices says something to the effect of, okay, so can someone explain to me how if this statute says that it doesn't review or doesn't take away any right to appeal and the governor said it was duplicative, yet you're saying there's no right to appeal anymore? And thankfully, Phil Burei, the attorney that was arguing this for us, was ready for this somehow because, you know, we did not expect this to be an issue at all. We were talking about due process, but he shifted pretty quickly and started talking about the statutory interpretation argument. And we get to the end of the Supreme Court hearing. And during the uh, opposing side's argument, their rebuttal that this came up, that we had to kind of bring it up in rebuttal then and talk about this. And we get to the end of the hearing, and about three weeks later, the Supreme Court issues an order requesting further additional briefing on the statutory interpretation argument. And so this was like, I, I had never heard of this. Phil had not seen this before. And we're like, okay, I guess this is what we're doing now. There's no other argument. We filed briefs again. And we just focused on the statutory interpretation argument and really just nailed that home. And surprise as, as they come, uh, a couple months later, we got a nine to zero opinion ruling in our favor on the statutory interpretation argument that my client had the right to appeal and argue for his treatment to be authorized in his specific case. Uh, yeah, I called my statutory interpretation professor. I sent her an email after that and said, hey, by the way, I want you to know I won this case and it's because of you. <laughs> this is early on in your career, right? Yeah, this was, you know, this is the first case I worked on and the second case I worked. Uh, and then it took about two years, I think, before we finally got the Supreme Court decision, maybe three years before we finally got the decision from the Supreme Court. Wow. So super satisfying to, to finally wrap that one up. Um, cool. So uh, what would be the thing that you learned from that, do you think? Oh, man, there were a lot of things, especially, you know, coming into it young, part of what I learned was just how to, you know, argue cases um, from Phil Burei, the appellate attorney. I learned a lot about how to handle appeals and the different perspective you bring from a trial court case when you're arguing legal issues to, you know, when you're arguing it before the Court of Appeals to the Supreme Court, where you're really bringing in the history. And I think it, it helped me learn a lot how to write legal arguments at the trial court level, because I know how to build that broader perspective on cases early on. Um, but I think the biggest thing I learned, and this is something I try to really take with me, and when I bring new attorneys into the office, I always talk to them about this, is you need to keep your sense of justice and what is right. Because, you know, even if, if something seems wrong, don't accept that, oh, well, the law says this. Recognize that it is wrong and fight for it, right? That is what our job as an attorney is, is to fight for what is right. And just because something is legal does not mean it is right. Just because the Supreme Court has issued a decision does not mean they were right and that is final. If you believe that you are right and that something is wrong, don't give up that fight at any point in time. If we'd given that fight up, if I hadn't argued it at Superior Court level, we would have lost that case potentially. A thank you to Jordan for sharing his story with us today. Um, what an amazing ordeal to, to take on the fight, not once, but twice. If you want to find out more about Jordan and Palace Law, you can find all the links in the show notes at thatonecase.com. And if you did enjoy today's episode, uh, we'd really appreciate it if you could share it with someone who you think would also find it interesting. All the details on how to subscribe and listen are at thatonecase.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you again next time when John Pfeiffer tells us the story of That One Case. <laughs>